everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Alba Crazy. It's Alba Crazy time. <laughs> yes, it is, Anne. <laughs> Thanks for being here again. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Hold on a second. I don't want to act like you're suddenly a guest. Okay. Let's start that over. <laughs> I'm going to say the same thing, too. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Alba Crazy. It's Alba Crazy time. <laughs> yeah, it is. This is. We're cooking up some nice Alba Crazy for you. This week, we have somebody exciting on. We have already interviewed this person, but he's done some crazy stuff in the, in the, in the past couple of months, in just the past week, in fact, and I wanted to have him on. To talk about it. Yeah, we just kind of wanted to to do a re-update. Uh, but first, uh, how are you feeling? Me? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling I'm feeling great. It's been rainy. It's been delightful. It's monsoon season here in Albuquerque. Yep. Yep, yep. How are you? Oh, I can always complain. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I have a headache. Look, there's, down, there's Dan Brown books in the bookcase. Complaining about it. <laughs> you can't complain wait, on wait. the spot. Uh, I'm not going to complain about Dan Brown when I haven't read him. Oh, pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, then why would I complain about him? I don't know. I, it seems like an easy target. Oh. It's like how Justin Bieber's an easy target. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> well, I guess today uh, you may remember him from, I believe, our second episode? Yeah, our uh, second episode or third episode. Will Wheeler. Yep. The uh, infamous funeral director slash international playboy. Yeah, that was pretty great uh, to discover about him. But since we last spoke to him, Will, who's been doing stand-up, has suddenly realized that he loves clowning and he wants to be a clown. And he has gone and just returned from clown school. Yes, there's there's a school for clowns. Uh, sometimes people are curious about that. That isn't an organic process. You don't just wake up and know how to be a clown or, you know, just watch enough John Wayne Gacy biographies <laughs> and, and know how to be a clown. Right. If you follow that, you're going to be going down the wrong path of clowning. Yeah. But uh, let's bring him on. Uh, how's it going, Will? It's going fantastic, Ann. How are you doing? Oh. Uh, We've already heard about me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's your headache's not too terribly bad. Oh, it's okay. So, Will, when we last checked in, you were a funeral delivery person? Yeah. That's the uh, official term. Well, I'm on the transport staff, but I'm basically an Uber driver for dead people. Right. Yeah. By so day. Going from that to clowning is a pretty... Big jump. Like, it sounded like you you were like, I'm on the track. I want to continue in this business when we last spoke to you. And now, all of a sudden, you're like, my heart's in clowning. (laughs) What happened? Where did the shift happen? Okay, well, do you you want me to start at the very beginning or somewhat more recently? Uh, Somewhat more recently. Somewhat more recently. Okay, well, I've always enjoyed clowns. I've always liked them. But uh, when I was in my last year in the Navy, it was kind of a joke that I was going to be working in a funeral uh, funeral home and then be a part-time clown. And then just as time progressed, it actually became a real thing. 
Why did it start as a joke? Because like uh, that was actually my first joke I ever wrote as a before I became a comedian. <laughs> that you were gonna that that's what you were gonna do? Yeah, that I would be a funeral director and if I had enough time on site I'd be a part time clown. Oh. And then I was actually able to score a job at a funeral home and then a friend of mine while I was in the Navy gave me info for this clown school before I even got out of the Navy. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. And I wasn't able to go last year, so saved my money, paid for the camp, and then then I went this year. Boom. Manifested. Manifested. Yep. Like, uh, like the secret. Like the secret. Yeah. You, did it, you have a vision board? It kind of, sort of. And then uh, when I became that a... Sounds, like, been, like, that, sounds that, like what John Wayne Gacy would say. I, I, well, I'm going to say this. Can you imagine the vision board of being a, a funeral director and part-time clown would look like? <laughs> <laughs> it would be like the creepiest vision board you've ever seen. Yeah, what? if the authorities <laughs> saw this, they would just they would they would arrest you yeah, on the spot. On the they spot. wouldn't even without even a sign of a crime, they would be like, "You're you're going to commit one." My yeah. condolences on your loss. <laughs> I also do birthday parties. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I actually became after I started doing stamp comedy last year, I became more excited about this camp. Like the closer it became, I was, uh, it started coming like to the date, start date, and I was like, "Oh man, this is gonna really give my comedy a boost." And here I am now. Awesome. So, so I mean, longer kind of way or back, like how long have you wanted to do clowning? Well, I know the f- when I became interested in clowning, I was eight years old. My mom took me to the circus for the very first time. It was actually the Railing Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, and I I remember a little bit of the show. But one Im- like I enjoyed the clowns more than anything else. And one image that really stuck sticks out in my mind really? vividly to this day. There was one clown. He was talking to another clown, and he got really upset about some. And he threw his head back, and tears started shooting like feet away from him in each direction. I was, it was like a living l- cartoon there in person. I'm like. That is amazing. I want to know how he does that. That is pretty cool. Yeah. That's. <laughs> I am surprised you're like that. Is were you impressed by anything else at Ringing Brothers? Oh, oh yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like my favorite part is when they bring out the animals in size order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like they out, seen it in a where while. they where they like bring out like uh, a cow, like a horse, and then a smaller horse, and then a smaller horse. And then, like, like for some reason, you're like, this is like a dog-sized horse, <laughs> and, and how does it even exist? Out of <laughs> the tiny horse. I just, I, I'm like, I'm like, those are all adorable. I want to put them in my pocket, and I want to <laughs> die. Like, I think that's every girl's favorite part. I think every girl loves infinitely smaller animals. Like, if you could get a cute animal and divide it in half, and then divide it in half, and then divide it in half. Yeah, just like, they just love it. We just squeal in delight. We're like, oh my God, it's getting cuter. Like, (laughs) and it's just like, oh. That's my favorite part. What's yours? Uh, It was always like the trapeze stuff. I mean, the the, the motorcycle circle cage at the end is cool, but then like after a bit, you're like, I get it. They're going around again. Um, But the high wire stuff was always awesome. The clown stuff was fun, mm-hmm. uh, but I remember the trapeze stuff more. Yeah, th- those were always amazing to see. So, was uh, were there other moments that happened in your life where you're like, 
I looking back, like, oh, clearly I wanted to be a comic or a clown or deal with humor. I For, would I would say more be a clown. More be yeah. a clown. Yeah. 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 Well, that uh, moment I just told you—that's like the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I went to the shrine. That was, and then that was also the only time I ever went to the Barman Bailey Circus. Mm-hmm. But. I also went to the Shrine Circus a few times, and it was all right. Just not like Railing Brothers material. I'm not trying to like poop on the Shrine Circus. Well, no, they're but not as good. Yeah, it it it's like the best way I can describe it is if you get a contract with the Railing Brothers Circus, that'd be like if Joe Casada got a contract with the WWF. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I mean, you you they give you money. You travel all around the country, and you have a good time. Yeah. yeah, you got it's a like, you got a lady in every port like it, a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the NFL of the circus world, right? Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, not anymore. The uh, Ringling Brothers uh, did their last show back in May after 146 years. Yes, that's a brand that was older than even Coca Cola. Yes, they they wow can... that puts it into perspective. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, it was pretty and, sad. Mm-hmm. And even further back than that, the first clown ever in recorded in, in recorded history it was 4200 years ago when a e- egyptian pharaoh call, uh, summoned a clown to come perform for him in his court so that is uh history i did not expect you to know but like you learn you learn a whole history. bunch of history mm-hmm. about clowning at at the college and and from all this material that they gave me to read so at the college at the college <laughs> yes at the school so yeah. it's it, what did you uh when you got to the college, how did you feel? Were you nervous? Were you excited? I was like when you landed. I was excited. I wasn't really nervous per se. You know, at this point in my life, I've done a lot of stuff to really kind of control my anxiousness and nervousness, and you know, just I was more excited than anything else. I was I was really, yeah. oh man, I'm just like getting all happy thinking about it. I was really excited to. to see what they were going to teach me and learn all, uh, a lot of the physical comedy aspect of it and then I they just showed me so much more it was it was just amazing and like what was cool was that with the exception of one instructor that was there she's uh, from France and she's actually currently performing in Ireland and Europe right now um, all the instructors there at one point in their career had a contract with the Ringling Brothers and Barman and Bailey Circus and so all of them were legit they so were they all they all pros. knew their stuff yeah they were yeah. all they were all pros. Yeah. They, and, he, and he shows up with all the confidence in the world. Are you sure you're a stand-up comic? I think you so. You make me sick. I was actually the, <laughs> I was actually the only stand-up comedian there at the, at the camp. Oh, wow. Could, yeah. could you notice a difference? Yeah. Actually, at, at least in stage presence. When we did the open mic there, I, uh, I had a lot of people tell me that I looked very, very comfortable on stage. Mm-hmm. So that, that's one thing stand-up comedy has really given me. That's good. Mm-hmm. I can even uh, tell by uh, the first set I ever did at, at uh, Bozy Brothers, in fact, hosted by mm-hmm. Tito Damron. Yeah. I um I record my very first set and I compare it to the stuff I do now. Just you take the material out of it, stage presence alone has skyrocketed. Yeah, immensely. it makes a huge amount of difference. It does. So, uh, so uh, you kept putting up pictures of uh, the makeup. Uh, how did you enjoy learning the makeup part? It was fun. So there's uh, three major types of clowns. There's white face, which is what I chose to be. There's a goose, which is has more flesh-colored tones that kind of blend in with your skin. A goose. A goose. It's like it's like, like August, ghoul? but with e on the end. 
August. August, August. Tomato, tomato. Okay. I've just never heard that before. And what's the third? A uh, tramp. That's the homeless-looking hobo. That would with be the me. stubble. I, I would be a tramp. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what's cool about the the tramp clown is that, like, the older your costume gets and dingier it, it becomes, the more lovable the tramp looks. Exactly. <laughs> you could live in that costume, and no one would know that you that it it wasn't supposed to be like that. Yeah, it's like, oh, this clown's really successful. Like, uh, really yeah, really yeah. what a what a successful tramp clown. It's got, mm. you know, pizza sauce stains all over its outfit. Yeah. I, I, I've heard stories that some tramp clowns don't even wash their costume for a long time just so it has a more rugged look. I wouldn't. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the... Uh, but you were, like, clean cut. Which is can, typical of a white face. I, uh, can, can I ask you a question? Yes. After learning all that makeup, do you have a new appreciation to women? Yeah, I do, actually. I like <laughs> I I always thought it would be funny to trash makeup for someone, and uh now I'm I'm completely opposed to it because that shit's expensive. <laughs> and it takes a long time to put it on. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody gets it now. Oh. I ne- <laughs> I never thought that going to clown school would help one grow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a coming of age story. I, I actually asked my boss the other day, "Hey, since I'm a trained clown now, you should totally let me do the makeup for everyone that has a viewing. They're, you'll be able to see their face from the nosebleed seats in the church. It's going to be great." So you oh. want to put all of? <laughs> 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 <That'd be awesome. laughs> so what? What is the? Is there like a ritual or any like deeper meaning behind the the face paint? Uh, Because it's kind of a weird thing to just randomly choose. So, is it like a spirit animal thing? Did you have to take like uh, ayahuasca and go go into the desert for three days to find your your clown? Go into a sweat lodge for a while. Yeah, (laughs) figure out what your inner clown was. I mean, it's whatever appeals to you most, and and I guess it depends on you as a on what your clown character is going to be. Like mine, he's like a bellhop type of character. Mm-hmm. So I figured that would be uh, like a good white face look because bell- uh, white faces are usually like proper, r- well-mannered. A goose are like kind of bouncing off the walls and clumsy goofballs okay. types. Um, but I guess I, I should mention this before I dive any further is that the evolution of the makeup has really changed over time too. Like back when the circus first started, there was a lot of people sitting real far away and then like up high you know, away from the stage. So they had to paint these, you know, great, really gr- huge grand faces. faces. Exaggerated. Yeah, just so that everyone, it would look normal to everyone in the far of the seat so everyone can enjoy the show. And obviously up close, it's going to look really scary. So, which is why over time as television and movies have come out and they you get really up close looks at the face, even in person like this, they really like, bring down the makeup it's become more subtle yes cool i did not know that mm-hmm. so uh, have you like completed your look or like it's still a work of progress i say right now i've gotten a good chunk of it down but it's still a work in progress like i'm really happy with the face i've chosen because it's it's a white face like i've already said but i have like like I cover my eye, my actual eyebrows with the white face paint, and then I cut out all the shapes that I want, and I have to powder, and then I go brush off all the excess powder, and then I add the color, and so I add like these big eyebrows on top of my normal, my actual eyebrows, and then I uh, do like these triangular looking um, 
designs on the cheeks to kind of give me like a like a happy look. That's, and that's, you're describing my makeup routine. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I do a blue bottom lip and powder again, brush off again, and then I'll spray with barrier sprays, which kind of locks in all the all the makeup and it brings out the color again. Wow. No, wait. Why blue on the bottom lip? Like, what, what's the what's the reasoning behind that? So your four basic primary circus colors are red, black, blue, and white. And I already had so my bellhop costume that I wear black pants. You know these actually these shoes. Um, they're a red. Kind of looks like I work at the Grand Budapest Hotel, except it's red. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Red top and a red. Uh, Lobby boy hat, I guess. Fez of sorts. But uh, lobby no, boy. He looks like a lobby boy. Yeah. He looks yeah. like one of those old 1940 lobby boys. Yeah. Exactly. Except for he's a clown. That. That. That, that distinction. Yeah. Minus that. Minus, minus the fact that those, those guys look normal. <laughs> Do you think you would get a tip if you transported yourself to the 40s with your clown makeup? I feel like I would, especially if I was doing tricks like uh, this one right here. Have you guys ever seen uh, Multiplying Tennis Ball? I uh, I have because I've watched Magic, but no, no, I haven't. No. All right, Tio, can you hold my microphone for a second? Oh, okay. This is gonna play great on an audio podcast. It, it, it is. is. It, actually, it is. Actually, it will. Okay. So, I'm gonna make this tennis ball multiply. Okay. So Tito can see it, and can see it, I can see it. No one else can. But all right, Abracadabra, Hocus Pocus, David Copperfield. Two times two is four. Two times five is ten. Two uh, times uh, ten is twenty. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, this podcast is over. Oh, folks, <laughs> <laughs> he just he just magically turned the tennis ball around, and there were googly eyes. And it eyes had a little face and a little mouth, <laughs> and he made talk. <laughs> we're gonna. This is this uh, is beyond the pale. This, this is yes. <laughs> this is when Albuquerque jumped the shark. This is the moment. This is I, the oh, moment. I gotta bring this up before I forget. I since since you brought up Albuquerque and this is the Albuquerque podcast, I so the camp was in Buffalo, Minnesota, only an hour away from Minneapolis. Beautiful city, everything was clean. There was no cracks in the sidewalk or nothing. All, and then I came back to uh, Albuquerque. I wasn't in Albuquerque for three minutes, maybe even two minutes, and I saw this one guy walking down Central. He was an older gentleman, had a walker, but he wasn't using the walker. He was. He had the walker up off the ground and just walking normal. What? Yeah. He was like, the walker served no purpose other than like giving his arms a workout. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to Albuquerque. Welcome back yep. to Albuquerque. Um, I got to ask, uh, with, uh, you said that um, when you were out there that you had a Tinder date. I did. You you kind of mentioned that before the show. I Can did. I ask you a question? Did you tell her you were going to clown school out there? Yeah. Everyone I came across over in Minneapolis, I told them I'm here to go to clown school. What did she say? Actually, 95% of the people that I told I was going to clown school, their reaction was, that's a real thing? Like, they got <laughs> excited about it. <laughs> like, I didn't find anyone that was creeped out or nothing like oh. that. Because I would have been like, this date is over. <laughs> Goodbye. Rolling up the win- the power window. I would have been like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm in a restaurant, there would one ma- one would just magically appear. Yeah. So I, I, I want to hear more about this clown school because right now mm-hmm. uh, I've heard about you working on your makeup and getting, mm-hmm. going through that. But 
what did a day look like? So our so it started on Tuesday, ended on Sunday. The first day was orientation. They um, got checked into our rooms. It was like a like a hotel slash Christian retreat, and they um, like building they tried to convert building. You to clown no, no, Jesus. no, 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 no. It, it was like a, a Catholic uh, owned estate, okay. but it was also like a like a small hotel as well. It was like the way it was built, and they um uh did like an orientation day on the first day we showed up, and all the instructors in full clown and cost and clown makeup and costume uh, did a show for us so we could get a feeling of what to expect. And then all the days after that, it was from seven in the morning to ten o'clock at night of different classes and workshops and stuff. Just all clowning, all the time. No fooling. From all over the country, I was. Actually, the only person from, from New Mexico that was there this year. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Representing. Representing. What was uh, oh. one of the most difficult classes that you took? Uh, I'd say because the physical something that, something that just challenged you in a way that you didn't expect, perhaps. Um, I'd say definitely the makeup portion of it and cl- <laughs> and clowning one hundred and one because I I mean I thought it was just you were gonna throw it on your face and walk out the door. That's Ladies. not the case. Yeah. You know it. <laughs> Uh, so, so, uh, with clowning versus stand up, or, or do you plan on actually like combining the two? Uh, 100%. I, I fully intend to combine the two in full cl- uh, costume and, and makeup and everything. Oh, wow. Now, I mean, I'm probably not going to do makeup every single time because stuff's expensive. But for the first uh, few open mics I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to do in full costume and everything. The only thing that's going to be missing, though, is my uh, little. Uh, bellhop hat because I, mine I is actually in the mail. I, I had to buy one because I didn't have one at the time, and I had to borrow one from someone over there at camp. Um, with uh, the mixture of the two, I have to ask: or do you plan on doing like kids parties or other things? Like, what what are your plans to do with the this clown college education? Aside from uh, stand-up comedy aside, I fully intend on doing birthday parties, parties in general, um, sporting events like at the Isotopes Stadium if they let me. Um, I already have stuff in mind if if they let me do that. Um, I I would donate my time to um, to like charity work and stuff, just to like hospital work, go yeah. go cheer people up, stuff like that. I was just thinking I, we're probably thinking the same thing seeing seeing a cancer kid yes, and then seeing the, the cancer UNM kid cancer and then seeing the cancer kid at like at the at the funeral home after <laughs> Wait, what? like oh, oh yes uh, oh. oh my goodness like I guess I didn't cheer him up enough <laughs> here, he is. here he is in the coffin I'm gonna I'm gonna do oh. your makeup young <laughs> Young, Kevin. young Billy, little Billy, I'm I mean, here to cheer you up, and if you don't make it, I'm here to take you out of the hospital. <laughs> I got you covered from this day forward. <laughs> I actually, be, before I forget, I actually came up with a motto for a funeral home if I ever come up with one. Call us, we're only a breath away. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, so I have to say, I think that it is fantastic that you're going to be combining your clowning mm-hmm. with stand-up because it's such a unique thing because that it doesn't exist here in Albuquerque, it, at least as far as I can tell. At least not on a wide scale. I googled local clowns before we uh, before I headed out on the um, 
trip and there was only a couple here in Albuquerque that I was aware of actually that I found and um, actually in your very own words Tito co- the comedy umbrella encases so much yeah it improv stand up comedy clowning and when I, while I was up there I actually got to uh, have lunch with our good friend William Spotted Bear good shout out to him in Minneapolis Minnesota great, great comic nice. great guy he actually brought up a good point that clowning is that missing link between stand-up comedy and improv. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. I- I'm going to bring the improv community and the stand-up comedy community together because I know you guys hate each other. Well, but good luck because that's what I've been working on for the past couple of years, and it is slow to happen. Uh, so we usually close out with the question, and we're altering the question a little bit for you today. Um. You have a friend come over from Clown College, mm-hmm. and he told you that he's changed his getup, changed his makeup, and you open up the door, and what kind of clown is he? But Albuquerque. Albuquerque. What does an Albuquerque clown look like? Whew. All right, so I had heard this question on your previous podcast, and I already had an answer in mind, but now this just changes everything. Yeah, we're switching it up. So if uh, someone dressed up as a clown, but epitomized all that is Albuquerque, um, lucky for him, the uh, Albuquerque, well, New Mexico colors are red and yellow, Mm -hmm. so he would definitely have um, some... I feel like it would be a, a white-faced clown with some red on the face, uh, probably a yellow costume or yellow wig or combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he could be a tramp character because there's a lot of homeless people here. Um, yeah. 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 But certainly, <laughs> I like... But but not but not a a, a gauche or, or or whatever it was a, a, a gust uh, oh a gust a goose a goose not a goose that's too normal no that's too yeah off the bouncing off the walls now uh, which is uh, really odd to say <laughs> uh, <laughs> what uh, is, what would uh, Albuquerque the clown's specialty be mm, maybe juggling with the juggling of uh, whatever he's using clubs or balls representing bills. all right all right uh any any final uh thoughts that you want to share i uh before i forget i want to give a big thanks to uh, mooseburger camp for teaching me everything that i learned up there and to all the instructors and fellow clowns that showed me uh all their tricks of the trade and um i gotta say that at the end of the week after all of our classes we put on a clown show and 100% 100% free, so a lot of families brought their kids and everything. The looks on all the kids' faces when you would interact with them with the tricks and just jokes and stuff, it was unlike anything else I had ever experienced before in my life. It's like clowning is just a joy that I'm really holding near and dear, and I'm going to bring the good name of clowns back up to where it used to be before all this clown nonsense started bringing it down. <laughs> all this clown nonsense. <laughs> I think you make a really good point. Yeah, it's there is something very pure about the humor, mm-hmm. like that is that is kind of hard to find as you get older. Mm-hmm. There, 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 there's a simplicity, a purity to it that is kind of a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and you know? that was a, a thing that opened my eyes to the stamp comedy aspect of things too. Is that jokes don't have to be 
over complicated just simple stuff like the tennis ball that's like one of the best jokes i've come across <laughs> well okay <laughs> but i will say one of my favorite jokes is where you make an air guitar out of balloons yeah. and then you sing while my guitar gently weeps and you just bend it to make it weep <laughs> it's so absurd i i i i, I die laughing every time i love that joke so much <laughs> All right. Thank you, Will, so much for coming on, telling us about your clown experience. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if you want to talk to me more about clowns or clowning history or anything to do with it, I'm more than happy to talk to anyone at any time. All right. Uh, a round of plugs before we go. Uh, is there a way that we could find you? Uh, Facebook, yeah, online, is and, and YouTube. I've recently started putting my videos on YouTube. Dope. Um, what would they look up? William Wheeler. Okay. Right. Yeah, simple as that. Um, it's open mic wise here in Albuquerque every Sunday at Bozy Brothers. That's where I got my s start. I'm also a usually a at a um, back alley draft house on Monday. It's a great place. Those are the two that you'll more than likely find me at. So once in a while, you might find me on on Wednesday at Red Door Downtown or Thursday at Monks. Sounds good. Cool. And like he just said, uh, Spitchy Bit at Bozy Brothers every single Sunday. Sign up at 7, show at 8 o'clock. Uh, an excellent comedy open mic. And check out the Hive Improv Group at The Box, Fridays at 10.15. And check out Albuquerque some more. Some more Albuquerque. Check yeah. me out at Angora, at Angora on Twitter.com. And, uh, or Angora.com. Check out uh, the New Mexico Inquisition at nminq.com. Uh, we have a good local shindig going on there. Uh, until then, I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.